special edition of our show, Herstory. On the rocks! With Katie and Allie. Normally, with me, Allie and I, hanging out with a couple of cocktails, talking about famous women in history. But sometimes we like to talk to people who are writing about history. We have a very special guest here with us today, Chanel Cleeton. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here today. We're so excited. Chanel is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author who is here to talk to us about her latest book, The Cuban Heiress. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I write historical fiction that is largely inspired by my Cuban heritage. Uh, my family came over from Cuba in the 1960s after the Cuban Revolution. And I really started, you know, I grew up on their stories and, and really kind of their passion for Cuba. And so I always had this interest in knowing more about it. Uh, but when I was writing Next Year in Havana is when I really kind of fell in love with this idea of researching Cuban history and learning more about my ancestors, you know, through the books that I was writing. And so with Next Year in Havana, I was able to explore kind of the Cuban revolution in greater detail and kind of um, looking at, you know, my own feelings about being Cuban, my own relationship with my grandmother, who was hugely influential in my life, and also getting kind of a new perspective on the Cuban Revolution and what my family's experiences were. And then from there, I just really fell in love with with researching these stories. And I've been fortunate through my books to kind of travel back in time and, and to go to earlier periods in Cuban history. I'm originally from Florida, so I love to kind of bring in Florida history as well. And just really, you know, I think for me, it's that fascination um, to know more that really starts the the spark of inspiration when I'm writing a book. And historical fiction is just so rich in incredible stories and incredible figures who had these, um, you know, monumental impacts, even, you know, in their personal lives that I really love uh, working with. And so writing The Cuban Heiress was another opportunity for me to learn about an event that at the time I was less familiar with, um, but really just had such a fascinating history and, and made me want to know more. Perfect. Awesome. Well, we're so excited to get into your book, but first we have to get into the cocktail we made for your book. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's obviously called the Cuban heiress. Um, and so I based this off of the cocktail, um, the old Cuban, which was in a cocktail that was inspired by Cuba, but made in a Manhattan bar and uh, the way we did it was we kind of made a, a mix between like a mojito and uh, a Manhattan. Uh, oh, that sounds amazing. Characters. <laughs> I love that. Um, so it's an ounce and a half of aged rum, lime juice, uh, coconut simple syrup, a fourth of an ounce of sweet vermouth, Angostura bitters, and then you top the whole thing off with a splash of club soda. Cheers. So cheers to your book. Cheers. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love mm. Oh, it's so good. Tastes like Coke. I know. I love it. <laughs> I don't know why it's so tasty. Yeah. Um, oh, and you garnish with an orange peel and a maraschino cherry, just like you would in Manhattan. So, <laughs> all right. So let's dive into your book. But before we do, can you set the scene? What year are we in and what is kind of happening in Cuba? So we are in 1934. It's Labor Day weekend. And you know, this is a really interesting, I've written a couple books in the 30s now, and it's such an interesting time period because you have the end of prohibition. So prohibition has just ended, the Great Depression is going on and in the United States, and it has obviously spread globally as well in terms of the effects that are being felt. And then you also have the Cuban Revolution of 1933, which has just ended. And so it's really a time that's very tumultuous. 
the SS Morro Castle is this cruise ship. Um, it's a real life cruise ship and they would do round trip voyages from New York to Havana. And so, you know, people really viewed it during prohibition as an opportunity to, to kind of have a party cruise. And so you could drink on the ship. And so they would go on these trips to Havana and there was a lot of, um, kind of, you know, excess and just really let loose from the troubles of the world. And at the same time, you have arms being smuggled back and forth and, you know, all of these political tensions going on. And so it really, for me, you know, as a writer, as I was researching the ship, it was such an interesting setting to, to place my characters and also such an interesting time in history, because you do have all of these factors that are um, influencing their lives in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And can we talk a little bit about your two main characters? Because they're kind of these two women who are on this ship um, who are, just seem very interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about them? So when I write, my characters kind of always come to me first. You know, I'll start with like the shell of, okay, this is the time period I'm going to write about. This is the event that really, you know, the story is going to be centered around. But it's usually the characters' voices that kind of come to me in my head that drive the story for me. And so... Catherine and Elena came to me from the beginning and really it was kind of hearing them talk in my head, which I know sounds a little strange, but that's what it's like for me. Um, It was hearing them talk and kind of learning what their backstories were and, you know, getting to know them that really opened up the plot for the book and, and made me realize the direction that I wanted to take. And Catherine actually came to me first. She is a young woman who's on this ship. She's on the ship with her fiance And you know immediately, you know, as she's boarding the ship that she has secrets. And she's someone whose past is kind of going to catch up with her when she's on the Morrow Castle. And she also is sort of pretending to be an heiress, but you know there's a lot more to her story. So she was fun because I felt like I was constantly, like, peeling the layers back on her character and getting to the heart of who she was, rather who she wanted the world to believe her to be. And so those are kind of the characters I love working with the most. And so she could be a challenge at times because I felt she kind of reminded me of Beatrice in a way. If you've read some of my earlier books, um, she was the main character in When We Left Cuba. She was also kind of an enigma at times. And, and I had that same response from Catherine when I would try to write some of her scenes. And so I really enjoyed kind of using her as a foil for other characters and seeing like that push and pull dynamic that she would have with some of the other characters on the ship. And then Elena is a Cuban woman who is on the ship and she is very much um, there under kind of mysterious circumstances. And as the story unfolds, you learn more about why she's on the ship and, and what her goals are. But she was also a really interesting figure to write because she did not speak to me as clearly in the beginning as Catherine did, but her story really kind of is at the heart of, of everything in the novel. And so really I fell in love with her and, and her struggles in the book and her passions and kind of her character and her strength. Um, she was a character that very much moved me and her story did. And you'll find throughout the novel that the, the two of them intersect quite a bit um, as they are, you know, thrust on this cruise ship, which is ultimately headed for, you know, kind of dangerous circumstances. So when you're talking about your characters, when you start writing, especially in a historical fiction, do you base the characters on people from the past, at least partly, or do you take like little aspects of people from your life or like a jerk that you ran into at the grocery store? Like, where do these characters come from? And like, do you go back and do some research finding out how to make that character more real? 
So for the most part, with the exception of The Most Beautiful Girl in Cuba, which I wrote um, with one real life figure in it as a heroine, Evangelina Cisneros, um, most of my characters are fictional. I personally like enjoy working with fictional characters just because I think it gives me more freedom creatively. Um, I, I am kind of in awe of people that write biographical historical fiction because I think it's such a hard thing to do. And when I did write The uh, Most Beautiful Girl in Cuba, that was one of the things I was always like, oh, but I, I want to know how she felt about this. You know, this was a real person. I don't want to put my feelings onto her. And it, it, it's tricky. So I, I did want to make sure they were fictional characters, especially because, you know, people went through something very difficult on the Moro Castle. And I didn't want to write anyone else's experience. Obviously, those are their stories. Um, so I wanted to make this just fictional characters, you know, that were going through this experience. And really the characters for me, I, I know it kind of sounds strange, but they sort of just come to me, um, not fully formed, but it, it is almost like they're like people like I, and it's almost like you're getting to know someone. I would say that's kind of how it works. Like I'll, I'll see one aspect of the character as though like I'm meeting them for the first time. And then I'll start to think about things and kind of tug on that string of like, okay, well, why would they act like this? And then I'll kind of think about like, well, what, what in their past might've made them have this reaction in the scene that I just wrote. And so it's kind of like a constant dialogue. I feel like I have with them, which sounds strange. Um, but um, it is. I'm, uh, I'm picturing you like sitting down with a glass of wine and a pad of paper and like having a first date with them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that kind of is what it's like now that I think about it. Or like a therapy session. Like, I don't know. It's just, um, it is, you know, I, I don't know everything when I start, but as I go, I feel like they reveal themselves to me and I understand things better. And it kind of paints a clearer picture of who they are. I don't really, I wouldn't say I take characteristics from people's lives. I, I probably sometimes will give them characteristics from my life or a personality trait, even if it's something as small, like on, um, in the Cuban heiress, Catherine loves to read and she loves to read on deck on the ship. And that's one of my favorite, I love vacation reading and I love cruises. So like reading on a cruise is like my just happy place. And so there was something about that, that, you know, I, I gave that part of, of my personality to her. And so when I would write those scenes, um, it just felt very kind of clear and, and very relatable to me, I guess. And I think that does really help when you have those connections with your characters, even if it's like your villain that you give them, you know, some trait that you can identify with. Because in those moments when you kind of lose the character, which always happens when you're writing, you know, sometimes they don't talk to you when you sit down at the computer screen, you can always look for that commonality and kind of tug on it. And it will help you sort of find your way back to the character, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, so obviously we're talking about these fictional characters, but they're in this very real place, the SS Moro Castle. So how did you find this boat and its traumatic history? And, you know, spoiler alert, the boat sinks um <laughs> i hope that's okay to tell people yes no no <laughs> um but can you tell us a little bit about the boat and how you discovered it so it was something i came across when i was working on our last days in barcelona which was the book before um and that book also has a 30s timeline and so i was just researching events in the 30s and cuban events in the 30s i, I like to when I'm writing my books, I like to make sure I kind of know what was going on in the time period, even if it's like outside of what's in my novel, just to see if there's a connection there or some way that I'm going to tie in a character. And I just came across the mention of the ship and I found it really interesting because I had never heard 
about the ship before. It was the first time. Um, and so I kind of filed it away as, you know, something to, to research. And then as I was finishing up our last days in Barcelona and I was like, you know, what do I want my next book to be? There was something about uh, writing a book on a cruise that was set on a cruise ship that was really appealing to me because it's something I've never done. And I think having characters in such confined settings is really fascinating. And so that was what sparked. And then I started, as soon as I started reading about the ship and kind of all of the natural mystery that happened. So I don't want to give away too much because, you know, some of it's historical record, but some of it's also plot in the book. (laughs) But basically... um, you know, there were a lot of kind of characters, as I mentioned, there was smuggling going on, you know, you have all of these tensions. There's a lot of people on the ship with kind of different aims, and there's a lot of uh, tension beneath the surface. And then obviously, um, at the last voyage, the ship caught fire and, and it beached itself, basically. Um, so that whole story right there, I felt like had just kind of a natural human interest. I mean, I'm really drawn to stories of kind of people who are in extraordinary circumstances kind of going about their everyday lives. And so this really made me wonder, you know, what that would have been like for them and what it would have been like to be on a ship like that. And, and that's what drove, you know, the interest for, for researching the book and and for writing about it. Mm. So are there, when you're writing about Cuban history, are there common themes that you've found that are important to weave into your stories? You know, I don't know if it's necessarily an intentional thing. I mean, I think I often talk about family. You know, that's something that kind of comes up in a lot of my books. Um, Like I mentioned, I think I'm, you know, really drawn to kind of those personal connections and personal stories that happen, you know, probably largely because what started me writing historical fiction was, you know, my interest to learn more about my family's experiences during the Cuban Revolution and that idea of, you know, what it would have been like. My grandmother was pregnant at the time and to be going through kind of you know, big personal events at the same time that like the world, you know, it is changing so rapidly and kind of out of your control. And so that theme definitely comes up in my writing a lot, because I think that's something that, you know, inspires me and kind of pushes me to to learn more about these events. And then obviously, you know, I wrote romance before I wrote historical fiction. And, you know, in kind of looking at these personal relationships, I do love to to write about love stories. And, to write about that very, um, you know, experience of, of falling in love and, and, you know, the tensions that might come with it in these heightened circumstances. Mm-hmm. So this book obviously kind of reminds me a little bit of the Titanic, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> stories about, you know, wealthy people on boats. And I was thinking about what the research process was like for this. And if you were nervous about getting like those little details wrong, like I know, the director of type, what is his name? Cameron, Cam- something. James Cameron, James Cameron. Uh, you know, people would be like, actually the sun was setting on like this side. And like, <laughs> actually they wouldn't have eaten that at dinner. Like that wasn't the menu that night. So, <laughs> do you ever get worried about those little details when you're writing historical fiction? Absolutely. And I think, you know, especially when you're writing historical fiction where people might still be alive who lived through it, you know, more present historical fiction. I mean, that definitely is something that can happen, but, you know, I will say, having written even contemporary romance fiction before, you know, even with contemporary fiction, people remember things differently or people will see things differently, or, you know, you can make mistakes there too without even having a historical record to deal with. So I think, you know, as writers, we do the best we can to honor the historical record. If there's a place where, you know, you're going to put your own spin on it, you do often, you know, we address that in author's notes and, 
you know, at the end of the day, we are writing historical fiction, you know, that these are novels, I'm definitely not, you know, the, the definitive source, but it is important to me, you know, that my readers have an authentic experience, because I know that as a reader, you know, if something pings you as not feeling authentic to the story, it can pull you out of the story. And that's definitely not what I want. You know, I want my readers to feel immersed and to, you know, enjoy the experience um, of, of reading one of the books. So it's, it's definitely, you know, something you work on, but you, you know, read as much nonfiction as you can, you know, watch documentaries, whatever, look at photographs, whatever resources you can take in. And sometimes there are things that we don't know, and we'll just never know. And that's where you have to, you know, decide if that's a creative place that you, you know, insert kind of your own opinion or, you know, how you want to address that. And every author kind of tackles that differently. Mm. So Katie and I are recording and are both originally from Baltimore, Maryland. So we are closer geographically to Cuba than we are to say England or California. And yet I feel like we know so much less about Cuban history. What do you want people to take away or or hope that people learn from reading your books about Cuban history? Because it is something that is very undertaught in the United States. It definitely is. And it's, you know, especially interesting when you look at like certain periods of history where U.S.-Cuban relations were so formative for both countries. It is, you know, very much interesting that we don't teach that more. You know, I I think I just want, if if people want to learn more about it, I, I definitely, you know, love that they might pick up one of my books and enjoy that. And also, I think kind of just understanding how tumultuous Cuba's experience has been and how like long the fight for freedom has been, how many obstacles Cuba has been through. I mean, that's one thing, you know, I'll be honest, even growing up as a Cuban American, I didn't fully appreciate because so much of my upbringing, you know, the focus was always on the revolution in 1959 and what that experience was and, you know, for understandable reasons. But I did not fully appreciate until, you know, I really started writing these books and going way back in, in history, you know, just how long this legacy of struggle has has affected Cuba and the, and the Cuban people. And so that's something that's definitely given me a greater appreciation and I think pride for for being Cuban and and for what, you know, my ancestors and people who came before me fought for so that I could have, you know, what I, the ability to to have the freedoms that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. And was there um, a part of the book that you really, really loved to write and then a part of the book that maybe was kind of irritating and you just kind of wanted to get through? Like I'm thinking about you have these two different characters and obviously you said you connected to Catherine a little bit more. So how was the writing process for you? So the writing process... You know, it's funny for me. I think the writing process is always where I feel the freest um, in terms of I try to just kind of not let myself be distracted by anything. It's just sort of me and my computer and my characters and the story. And I am very much what we call in writing a pantser. So I don't really plot my stories out before I start. You know, I'll have general ideas. And with historical fiction, it is really helpful because often history <laughs> provides sort of the, the starting point, the end point, and some of the benchmarks that you need to hit. But I really like for my characters to kind of guide me on the story and for the plot to feel like it um, is unfolding organically. And so in that writing process, I really just give myself permission to not worry too much about you know, is this working? Is this not? It's when I revise and especially when I turn the book into my editor and we start going back and forth on edits that I feel like um, those are maybe when some of the struggles come out more because that's when you're really in the book kind of tearing it apart and 
you know, changing characters and things like that. Um, with Elena, you know, she didn't come to me first, but when she came to me, she came to me in such a deep way that I think I really felt um, an emotional connection with her. And I felt kind of her struggles and I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be too spoilery because this is one of my twistier books in terms of how the characters' lives connect and, you know, what's going on with them on the ship. But I really um, felt kind of like an emotional resonance, I think, to her character that helped guide me as I was writing. Um, but, you know, it's usually the revision process. If there is one that I'm like tearing out my hair a little bit, it's, it's usually when I'm doing that and, and in the edits. But my editor is really great. We will have like hours long phone calls and we work really well just kind of bouncing things off of each other on the phone. And so that's really with this book. I mean, I remember just last summer being on the phone with her and we would kind of go through, well, what if we did this? And then I would like, try that and not be happy with it. And so I'd email her and be like, oh, I think this will work better. And so it's a lot of kind of trial and error and shifting things um, to to get the book where you want it to be and and to make sure that the vision you have for the book is, is what's on the page. Mm. So are there, when you're researching, you kind of mentioned using nonfictions and documentaries and photographs, but are there any like specific resources that were really helpful for this book and or did you get to travel at all to see places I guess it's a little harder when it's a a boat that didn't fare so well but like what what types of travel and research are you doing so with this one there is a large uh, maritime museum in New Jersey that's dedicated to the Moro Castle I was not able to go because I was drafting this one when COVID was happening and I kept kind of thinking I would be able to make the trip and then you know we would have things get worse with travel restrictions and I just wasn't comfortable um flying up there. So I ended up not being able to do that. Um, but there've been quite a few nonfiction books published on the subject that were really useful. Um, documentaries have been done. There were a lot of investigations about what happened to the ship. And so when I wrote, um, the last train to Key West, which was about a hurricane that hit the same kind of thing happened where there were a lot of investigations after the hurricane. And so you have a lot of primary sources and interviews from people who lived through the experience. And that's how it was with, um, the Cuban heiress, there were a lot of interviews of people talking about their experiences with um, the evacuation, the fire and that sort of thing. So I was able to kind of look at that. And, you know, for me, it's more, you know, with this book in particular, because they're fictional characters, it's more about making sure that the places that I put my people on the ship and the time, you know, that they were on that, on the ship at that time is um, accurate to the events of the way the night unfolded. So because I didn't want to write like anyone's personal experience, I wanted to just make sure if I had them, you know, not getting on a lifeboat, there was a reason why they weren't on the lifeboat because of the historical record. And so that's kind of the way I try to do it um, with books like this. And that was, it was a similar experience with the last train to Key West where I didn't want to write from what happened to a survivor, but I wanted to make sure It was historically accurate in terms of, you know, when was the train coming through? When did the ferry stop running? That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, I love photographs, too, because it's a really great way um, just for me to kind of feel like I'm almost immersed in the scene. If I can look at the photo, it's almost like you can imagine it coming to life and feel like you're you're in there. And I think that kind of helps spark my imagination as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so excited for our listeners to go out and get this book. Uh, so can you tell us where they can, because it's not out yet. It's coming out, I believe, April. on April 11th. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so can people pre-order it somewhere? And where can they find all of the other books that, that you've written? 
So all of my book information is on my website at www.schnellcleeton.com. And I have pre-order links up for the Cuban heiress there too. Um, you can get a signed pre-order copy or order through your favorite bookstore or retailer. Awesome. Well, it was so great to talk to you and we can't wait for this book to come out mm-hmm. and just add to the pile of great Cuban uh, historical fiction. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. I had a great time. 